In just one generation, the internet connected people across the globe. And now, slow news days are a thing of the past. It's a lot to keep track of, but WHIP has you covered with local, national, and international stories. Join us for a rational look at a complex world. This is Rational Radio on WHIP. Indeed, this is Rational Radio on WHIP, and this is a special Wednesday because I, I'm Tony and I don't do Wednesdays anymore, so... It's pretty fun stuff. I'm joined today by uh, Tony. Jeez, by Tony. Oh, Oof. there, there we go. Oof, oof, ouch. Uh, by Julius and Evan. Hello, yo. Thank you all for uh, for being on here to talk. Absolutely. You know, what is what? What do we talk about here? Sports, food, food, a- entertainment. Mm. What'd you have for lunch? I had uh, I had food. It was bread and peanut butter and jelly. Oh, Ooh. lovely, Julius. I had soup. It was uh. potatoes and nothing else. Oh, cool. <laughs> I had a cucumber salad. Nice. So it was just chopped up cucumbers. So that was just like uh, <laughs> no lettuce. No lettuce. Just just straight. I just ate cucumbers. Raw cucumbers for uh, for lunch. Yeah. Um. All right. Hey, props to you. That's yeah, a really you know environmentally. We're on that keto diet. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no! It's actually I, had a, I like only ate like half of my lunch sandwich, mm. but I also chased it with a lot of coffee. Oh, there you go. So right now, it's I've I've done like the switcheroo on my body right now, where it thinks I'm nourishing it, but little does it know I'm not nourishing it, and in a couple hours, it's gonna realize that, and um, it's gonna be bad. Yeah, and then we're not gonna, gonna be bad. We're not gonna feel good no. after that. But we're not there yet, and my body is still convinced that I am nourishing it. So we're gonna ride this hype train as uh, as far as we can take it. Um, how, besides lunch, though, how are y'all? How are y'all doing? Before we just jump right into these uh, these here politics, we got. I'm doing uh, pretty well. Um, I recently just started working on writing a new campaign for Dungeons and Dragons. Hey. So, oh wow! Fun stuff. Very fun stuff. Riveting. It's really a hell of a coincidence because I just started playing a new Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Hey, what a coincidence! Because you just started playing Dungeons and Dragons with me. <gasps> Are you my are you my DM? What am I missing well, out I on? Might be. What am I missing out on? <laughs> Evidently a lot, Evan. Um, oh, wow, I'm not in the club. Yeah. You're, okay. You're being specifically excluded. That's yeah. if you know what? If I'm being excluded from Dungeons and Dragons, we'll say that's that's a win. <laughs> wow. That's a win for me. Okay. Ouch. I'm okay. Well hey, to each their own. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That I is mean, pretty nerdy. It is really nerdy and it's essentially a board game without a board. Yeah. Oh, um, so it's a game. It's like theater of the mind. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, I'm familiar with the concept of Dungeons and Dragons. Did I just never got into it or had a group of friends that was into it? Me neither. Same until recently. Until recently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. All right. Nice. Yep. How Speed. are you doing? I'm doing great. Not playing Dungeons. Dungeon. Not playing Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I am playing the game called School. I'm doing a lot of schoolwork. Yeah. And typing some essays. Mm-hmm. Doing the stuff, having a good time. Doing the thing. Lots of words. Yes, sir. Some things happened today. (laughs) Few things happened today. (laughs) There was today. Today was a day. Um, I I guess let's get into it. Right into the news. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a of a way to bombs. Yeah, bombs. Everybody, bombs. There were bombs. Yep, and they were sent to uh, well to. 
George Soros and Hillary Clinton and Obama. And there is, I'm not sure if it was confirmed, there was a suspicious package sent to the Time Warner building where CNN, CNN is yeah. based. Um, there was also one addressed to former CIA director John Brennan, who has been a frequent CNN contributor and a Trump critic. Hmm. And last I heard, there were a few others as well. Um, yeah, this so this is kind of still developing. Hmm. This was really developing this morning um, when at first it wasn't clear who all they were sent to. I know the one that was sent to Soros was received, was that yesterday, I believe? That was two days ago. Was two days ago. Yes. All right. And they are similar. All the bombs apparently are similar. In hmm. construction, so the improvised, uh, little improvised pipe bombs, correct? Yes, uh, was there like I just want to know what the plan was. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, how do they discover that there's a bomb in the package? Did he open it and be like, oh, probably? I don't know what package screening is like in the U.S., maybe, maybe by design, maybe I'm not supposed to know what it's yeah, like, probably but not. I would imagine if they found after the, the stuff with Soros has happened the other day. Um, I would imagine that probably tipped off whatever mechanisms there are to kind of monitor these sorts of things. That's a fair assessment. Because um, I do know that the materials that make up these sorts of things are kind of dense and they have certain chemical and physical um, markers that can be used to identify them. Um, but it's, yeah, this is just, this is just really sketchy. We're in a new era of political extremism. First, we yeah. had people driving into people with cars at mm -hmm. uh, protests, and now we've got people mailing bombs to people through the post office. Yeah, it seems like someone wanted to start some sort of, you know, anarchy chain reaction to dismantle. It seems from what from what the targets were more of the left side of the spectrum there, yeah. left side of the political spectrum. It's part of a worrying trend that we've been seeing in american political discourse recently um i know there have been other there were not that long ago what was it was so there was stuff that looked like ricin sent to i know the secretary of state um uh mattis was he the only one who received that i am not sure that's a while let me uh let me yeah, do some yeah, googling. That, was, that was a bit ago and i'm not i'm not positive it was confirmed to be um to be ricin because oftentimes people will just well not oftentimes but there have been cases of people just putting powder in an envelope and labeling it yeah. as that in order to kind of stir fear putting anthrax on the envelope yeah some bold letters but i know there have also been I'm just trying to think of the recent political violence in memory there was also the the shooting at the baseball game uh, in the congressional uh, baseball game in uh, I think Annapolis. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that was that was that was was that last that was, year? That was or twenty sixteen. It, it might have been twenty sixteen. It was within the current the current political right hurricane thing we've got going on right now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so this is kind of the latest step in that trend where we're starting to see. We're starting to see politically motivated violence, yeah. um, it yeah. looks like. Luckily, no one got hurt with these bombs. But uh, 
Yeah, these were all intercepted, I believe. And that just goes to show, you know, the, the security services are doing their job. Um, the, the people who handle the mail for, I know, at least Obama and uh, Clinton, uh, mm -hmm. they're the ones who detected it and then uh, neutralized the devices. But I think it's interesting, um, you know, you mentioned the, the, the gunman who had shot at the, um, the congressman, and mm -hmm. that was mostly directed at uh, conservative yeah, it was Republican congressmen that were mainly uh, the targets. Right, at the softball there. game, well, whereas this is directed towards, um, you know, more more liberal um, mm -hmm. public figures. Mm -hmm. So just goes to show you extremism, you know, is not a one party. You know, nobody corners the market on hate. Yeah, and the, the, <laughs> the parties are, uh, especially nowadays with how polarizing, I mean, Trump is for people on the left and other figures uh, on the left that are, very polarizing for people on the right the parties are becoming more like tribes and it's it's all about uh, my party's correct not let's find let's find a solution I think that that kind of tribal mindset is what is escalating a lot of this yes. um, I've seen especially in the the people that I follow on social media and stuff like that um, we talked about this right after Kavanaugh's confirmation there's been this really weird escalation in people not just having a problem with politicians and with um, with policy and stuff like that, but tending to take the worst things their perspective biased media shows them because all media has bias. Um, so, for example, if you subscribe primarily to left-wing media, you're likely going to have um, groups like the Proud Boys, some of the... Um, burgeoning neo-Nazi and white supremacy groups in this country. You're probably going to hear about those a lot when you are hearing about um, the alt-right or the right in this country in general. Similarly, um, if you subscribe primarily to right-leaning media, you're probably going to hear a lot about um, the more violent Antifa groups that have been um, at certain protests. You might hear about protest violence and stuff like that. Um, and then obviously with events like the recent shootings and now these bombs, um, you'll probably hear much more about those particular events that that prescribe to or apply to um, folks on your ideological side. But the weird thing that I've seen in the discourse that happens is that these issues in these media spheres aren't being treated like isolated issues. I'm hearing people talk about it where... Folks on either side try to paint the whole other side as a group of violent extremists who want to cause suffering for the other side. And it's dehumanizing to whatever side you don't prescribe to. And it's really making our political discourse toxic right now. Right. Yeah, and that's just a, a first step to something greater that can cripple our country's political system even more. Uh, yeah, because <clears throat> we're all busy... Being convinced that each other are the monsters and that we can we should hate each other fight each other and now we've got a lot of folks who are just like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna vote all blue i'm gonna vote yeah. all red and i and i don't care what the context is i don't care what the people say and when you start doing that like think about think about the kind of power that that kind of mindset the kind of power that this polarization gives to the political parties if you're a republican in, in office right now you don't need to say what you're going to do for your constituents. You just have to scare them of the Democrats. Yeah, or you have to just say, look, we're, I'm sticking with our party. I'm sticking with the boys. We're going 
We're going to Capitol Hill, and we're going to take it over. And alternatively, if you're a Democrat, you, I would argue, would do better if you would try to run on policies and stuff like that. But it's also much easier to just be like, look, anybody who's a Republican is obviously a supporter of Trump. And if they're a supporter of Trump, they're a supporter of this rhetoric and these things. And they are really scary. Don't worry about what I'm going to do. Worry about what they're going to do if I'm not the one who's in office. It's fear-based politics. You know, for as much as people demonize the other side of the aisle, I feel like that's not only short-sighted because, you know, you're avoiding, obviously, discussing actual politics and policy decisions. But, you know, two-party two states have a lot of weaknesses. But oh, yeah. one-party states are way weaker. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and and inherently a lot less stable because people come in and, you know, destroy them. There's this balance that exists in our nation because we do have these, you know, kind of this split house. I guess kind of the house that what Abraham was, uh, Lincoln was alluding to, you know, a house mm-hmm. divided. But it, it does, you know, offer, you know, it's like a self-supporting system. So I'd like to think that this is just kind of... Um, a strange patch, a rough patch in our nation's history, but that will eventually come out of this dangerous rhetoric and come back to like more normalcy in politics. Yeah. Arguing over policy in politics and not over who like who can be worse, who can be nastier. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I certainly hope that we get out of it. I also hope we get out of it because, again, it dehumanizes the opposition. And it's one of those things where, like, for example, with a lot of these um, with these attacks that we're starting to see, it makes people feel as though they can't have their voices heard within the political system. If folks on the, yeah, like, and when you have that, I'm, I'm trying to be careful with how I talk about this because I don't want to justify any violence anywhere. Um, and when I say I don't want to, I mean I'm not going to. At the same time, though, as people continue to feel that their voices can't be heard, whether they're on the, the right or the left, regardless of whether or not their perceptions are accurate to reality, that's when extreme options like political violence begin to become more appealing. So, yeah, if our political dialogue continues to get more extreme and we continue to dehumanize each other, we continue to look at the worst things our opponents have to offer and champion them as representative of the whole other side... You know, oh, Republicans are a bunch of racist Nazis and Democrats are a bunch of, I don't want to work, crybaby, like snowflakes. Like if we, if that's the, the direction that we're going to take with this, um, yeah, we'll scream at each other and race to the bottom yeah. until we are all like that. Good luck. And that that's not a future I want. No. No. So speaking of the future, that's when you're going to hear us because we have to go to a break real quick. So I've got a news update coming for you all. Followed by a little bit of ads, a little bit of mu- a little bit of music, and then we'll be back with some more current events and politics. Please do keep it locked here on WHIP Radio. From WHIP News, I'm Sam Hughes. Today is Wednesday, October 24th, and this is your WHIP News Update. Three explosive devices were sent this morning to the houses of former Presidents Obama and Clinton, as well as CNN's office building in New York, according to the New York Times. This is following a similar explosive device being sent to George Soros, a billionaire philanthropist and liberal donor, on Monday. Luckily, none of these devices have gone off or harmed anyone, but an intensive investigation is already underway. The targets thus 
far have been prompting authorities to consider whether this is a politically motivated hit, seeing as all possible victims have been prominent left-wing figures. A 66-page report was released on Tuesday from the attorney of a California clergy abuse survivor, which alleges that three San Francisco Bay Area dioceses were engaged in an institutional cover-up of an enormous magnitude, according to NBC News. Along with this claim, they released a list of 263 names of local priests whom they accused of sexual misconduct. The law firm of Jeff Anderson and Associates have already sued all 11 California dioceses in the past on behalf of abuse survivor Tom Emmons, though the firm claims this is an entirely new set of names and a new list. From WHIP News, I'm Sam Hughes, and this has been your WHIP News Update. Welcome back to Rational Radio on WHIP, Philly's number one college radio station. I'm Tony, and I'm joined today by Evan and Julius, and we're talking, actually, we're talking like a whole bunch Mm. of American politics. Tons. Um, Actually, no, there's really just two big stories that we're hitting today, at least here in the U.S. Um, And the one that we just hit before this was, well, a discussion about the explosive devices that were sent to a number of prominent um, liberal figures figures here in the United States. Because our political discourse has been getting more and more extreme, in case you've been living under a rock, we love to categorize the folks on the other side of the aisle as the worst they've got to offer, and we've seen... Well, increasing violence on both sides, but this more recent one was, uh, well, it was directed at folks on the left. So hopefully this doesn't become a pendulum thing where it goes back and forth because I know how that ends. And, uh, well, it doesn't end well for any other country I've seen engage in this kind of political stuff. As soon as you start putting bombs and trash cans and stuff like that, um, that spells disaster for like democracy and society so yeah please please just cool it everybody (laughs) um but we've got more and this one is specifically well i don't know tony you want to lead this one in this is some georgia gubernatorial oh man yeah sauce so as we all know we've got a big old election coming up really Really, really, get out and vote, everybody. Make sure you vote. Are they the full-term elections? They're the midterm <gasps> elections, oh. which are just as important. If not more. If not equally. All elections are important. Go yeah, vote. Yeah, all right, equally. Anyways. I'll take it. <laughs> so we got uh, Brian Kemp. Uh, he is uh, one of the candidates for uh, the governor's position in Georgia. And he was recently speaking at a private fundraiser for his campaign. Uh, not long after he began his remarks, he expressed a worry about early voting and, quote, the literally tens of millions of dollars that they, the Abrams camp, are putting behind the get-out-the-vote effort to their base. He then asserted that much of the Abrams effort is focused on absentee ballot requests. They have just an unprecedented number of that, he said, quote, which is something that continues to concern us, especially if everybody uses and exercises their right to vote which they yeah. absolutely can, and mail those ballots in. So here we have... Got to unpack this one. <laughs> ...a candidate for governor who is nervous that people are going to exercise their right to vote. Yeah, that's a little uh, it's a little concerning, especially if you're running for office and are concerned about people coming out to vote and that they you know they won't vote for you. Maybe you shouldn't uh, 
Let's say it's kind of one of those things like rolling if, in there. If, if your <laughs> concern is that more people voting is, is going to result in you not getting elected, um, then like that's like that's how our political system works. And that just means that you need to not be elected now there. So there's there's a bit more to this that makes it um, more controversial, because if he he might be able to get away with statements like this. Um, if he were just some dude running for office, right? He might be able to say, okay, well, these votes are coming from our competitor. And if they, like, if they are really going to push harder than we are, they might just get more votes than we do. And like, that could be bad. He could, he could get away with a statement like that. The problem is that Kemp is also the secretary of state in Florida. Or not Georgia. In Florida, Georgia. Thank you. Um, and because he's the secretary of state in Georgia, He's essentially the dude who is responsible for, or I should say, who calls the shots regarding things like state records, things like voting records. And it just so happens that Georgia is also the topic of a, or the subject of a bunch of voter suppression lawsuits right now. Yes. Um, so I know if you, if it, yeah, it's so like some of these. Let's talk about some of these problems (laughs) that Kemp has been. So he recently decided to suspend more than 53,000 voter applications, which, by the way, 70% of which were filed by black residents for violating the state's exact match verification standard. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that the exact match refers to the exact match between the information provided on the voter application and your identity documents? Yes, that Sounds is about correct. right. So yeah. just even a, just a tiny little minor error immediately says, mm-hmm. eh, you're not voting. Can't vote." Yes. Nope. Well, you so they you are correct. It has to match your social security card or your driver's license exactly and they have to coincide with the um the voting form. Um and if they do find an error, they the um voter I don't know how to describe the voter the would-be voter, mm-hmm. um, has 26 months to correct that. However, that doesn't really help you now because it takes so long to review them, and the election is next, not next it's, Tuesday. It's, is it next um, Tuesday? It, it's the 20... It's the 20... It's, oh, the election oh, is the, the fourth, but yes, I think there's like early voting. I know. So the problem is you actually can still vote um, if your registration gets kind of falls into limbo in this process. Um, but there are a lot of hoops you have to jump through to do it, and many of them are not at all straightforward, and many people don't know that they can. So this is a policy. So there are a lot of policies like this that sound good at face value but have some problems when you start to dig into them. big problem with this one is that it very specifically disenfranchises people who have more, for lack of a better term, complicated names, names that might have either dashes in them, names that might have very specific capitalization. or Apostrophes. Apostrophes, names that might have um, characters that aren't in the... the English alphabet. Like standard, yeah, the standard English alphabet. And that matters because those are minorities, and you can't have policies that specifically disenfranchise groups like that. So even then, if... Actually, I should I should also um, expand on that a, a little bit as well. It's also a problem because the law doesn't require the county registrars who are responsible for putting these um, registrations into the system. It doesn't require them to conduct quality reviews 
to make sure that they aren't making errors either. So essentially, if anything happens to create an error in your name, which gets more and more likely the less the less normative your name gets, essentially. If, you're, if your name is like, you know, Tom Bill or something like that. <laughs> Whose name would be Tom Bill? Tom, it's two first names. Tom Smith. Tom Smith, thank you. Like, if, if you're Shout a Tom, Tom Smith, Smith, you're going to have a much better chance of, um, of not having something like this happen to you than if you, for example, have a... One of the derivative spellings of Muhammad. Yeah, or like if you're like German and have an umlau in your oh, yeah. in your name or something like that. So again, this is something that if on its own would raise some eyebrows. Most of the people being affected by this decision are minorities and Democrats. And the person making this decision is Kemp, who is also running for office and who was just recorded saying that more people voting is scary thing a scary yes. thing do we have something like that but wait oh, we're gonna get in it there's oh, more yeah go ahead uh, last year he kemp purged 107,000 voters from the rolls simply because they didn't vote in the prior election so that was immediately just like with a snap of his fingers Ooh. Yeah, I dropped my book. My it's apologies. Okay. It's a loud uh, snap. With a, <laughs> yeah, with a snap of his fingers, he just disenfranchised 100,000 people. He is the voting Thanos, if you will. He... <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Abrams <laughs> campaign, are you hearing this? You like that one? It was spicy. That was, yeah. spicy uh, that was a spicy take. Not true, though. I mean, and it's one of those things, like, all of these things on their own are suspect, but... I I understand how they can be fairly easily waved away with, well, you know, that's that's the law and that's how it's got to be, which I, I would disagree with in this case because, again, these laws very specifically disenfranchise a certain group of people. But that, combined with the person who is responsible for these policies, or I should say for enforcing these policies, combined with this most recent statement... Uh, it's it's every kind of every kind of no fun. So I'm gonna try. See, there are some restrictions to um, the <clears throat> sorts of stuff that we can actually get on air. So I'm gonna see if I'm able to actually play this yeah. live. While um, you do that, if it flubs, oh wait, yeah. there, is, there, there it is. So I'm gonna play real quick his uh, his specific quote. It's a little hard to hear. And as worried as we were going into the start of early voting with the literally tens of millions of dollars that they are putting behind to get out the vote efforts for their base. A lot of that with absentee ballot requests, they have just an unprecedented number of that, which is something that continues to concern us, especially if everybody uh, uses and exercises their right to vote, which they absolutely can. And now it's going to play an ad, but you heard the, that was that was the gist of the quote there. So if you've ever worked, I shouldn't say worked with, because I've, I've never worked with the Get Out the Vote campaign, but if you've ever participated with one of those campaigns, they don't tell you who to vote for or who to register as. So this isn't like he's saying, oh, this particular group is registering specifically Democrats, um, and that's bad for us. This is a group that probably targets districts that have more Democrats in them, mm -hmm. but ultimately it's just a get-out-the-vote campaign. Yeah, it's not affiliated with either party. We have them on campus. I see probably two or three, or used to see probably two or three a day now at the voting registration deadline. they're closed. winding down now. Yes. But 
yeah, it just kind of gets back to what we were talking about before, where, like, if you are in a position with your campaign where your concern is that more people voting in general, more absentee ballots, more stuff like that, if your concern is that that is what's going to sink your campaign, like, I've, I've got news for you. That means that you shouldn't be governor. That, that means that you should not be elected. Yeah, I would, I would agree that's, with that statement. Yeah, if you're doing, if you're, if you're espousing this rhetoric, that's, I think that, that, uh, thoughts and ideas like this are more dangerous than bombs for the safety of our democracy. Yeah. I'm going to be completely yeah. honest because it, it continues the rhetoric we've been hearing right now. I remember I talked about this the other day when um, the president was talking about his response to or his looking back on the comments he made about uh, Blasey Ford um, where he mocked her. And then when he was asked about that later during the uh, 60 Minutes interview, he said that he was, well, that he didn't have any regrets about it that he thought that that was why they won. And he went on to say that, well, he, he said it doesn't matter because we won. If this is the mindset that we've got, where it's like a do anything to win, forget the, forget the standards, forget the process. We like, that's how democracy dies because it makes it about winning. It makes it not about representing people, not about policies, not about trying to improve the country. It becomes about winning. And, I mean, we'll, we will win ourselves right into our own political graves if that's what we're trying to do. Seems like that might happen. Because, our, <laughs> well, because it, like that mindset, it doesn't matter what party you're in. It doesn't matter what you support. It's going to get toxic across the board if that's the mindset. Whoever comes in next, you know, right now we've got a president who loves, like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm a nationalist. Okay, well, maybe the next president will be a socialist. And if they are coming through with that ideology of we're going to win for what at, at whatever cost, oh, that's just not good. That's it's, it. Seems like we've uh, we've seen this before in, mm-hmm. in in movies, and we've been warned hundreds of thousands of times. <laughs> Maybe not hundreds of thousands, but definitely a lot. Millions and millions of times. We've been yeah. All right. B- bazillions <laughs> movies. Uh, every time I think of uh, of like Trump and all of that. Um, the other like winning at any cost things like that i always think of the future uh episode is it episode it's episode two i believe yes it is episode two of back to the future where it's just like towers and stuff and it's just all dark (laughs) that's just that's an extremist view of that though that's an extreme view of that but that's no, that's the society you asked for. Is yeah, you, that's the society that it looks like we might uh, we might shift to. No, because again, when you do that, you end up with a group of people who one way or another manage to win. And when the mindset is win at any cost, usually that means lots of people are going to lose. Yeah. Because in a more, I don't want to say just equitable society, but in a more efficient society overall, sometimes you have to lose in small ways for the greater good, whatever that is. And we have to argue and debate over what the greater good is and what the best path to it is, and how we should be more efficient and stuff like that. But sometimes there are sacrifices. Sometimes you have to compromise. Sometimes you don't win. And our political discourse is going more and more in this direction. If we have the win at all costs, the cost might be our democracy and our stability and our efficiency and progress, which is not should not be a dirty word. Like Progress no. is a good thing. Things, I think it's reasonable to expect things to get better in a society with passing time. So yeah. uh, hearing right. hearing people think words like progress and tolerance have negative 
connotations is just blows me away. I, I know I, I speak to, I've, I've got a few friends on, on both sides of the spectrum and one side is very like, oh, look at all these tolerant liberals doing this. I'm like, well, tolerance is not a bad thing. Like, it's good to be tolerant of people and it's good to be was... like for progress to make the, to help the country move forward. And it's, it's seen as, that is seen as a leftist ideal and it's not, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be. So on that note, we do have to go to our next break. When we come back, we've got more news to talk about. So do keep it locked. We're going to be going to China, where there is some actually very concerning news about uh, human rights violations. So stick around for that. Listening to Rational Radio on WHIP. Welcome back to Rational Radio on WHIP. We're Philly's number one college radio station. And this is the show where we talk about politics and current events and news and fun things like that. The beginning of the show, we talked about the mail bombs that were discovered this morning, sent to um, prominent figures on the left, and talked about how the political discourse in this country is really going off the rails recently, and we wish people would stop characterizing each other based on the extremes of their respective parties. And then after that, we talked about some shady stuff going on with uh, voter suppression in Georgia, specifically... The person who is responsible for kind of calling the shots on voting records is also a person who is running for on the uh, Republican ticket for governor and is also someone who was recorded saying that uh, he's concerned that too many people are going to vote and that yeah. that'll mean that he won't be um, elected, which is kind of how voting works if you are supposed to lose. Mm. Um and, and any one of those things would have been less shady if they weren't all three. But we talked about that. If you missed any of those discussions, I highly recommend you go on whipradiotu.com, click on the news tab, and you can listen to this show and all of our other shows after they play live, uh, usually the night or day after. Yes, and in case you miss any of the shows during the week and still need to catch up on news, we do publish our WHIP News Crackdown on Saturdays. Yep, Saturdays or Sundays, kind of depends. It depends on how good we are at making them. Yeah. Well, yeah, check those out. They're pretty good. Rave reviews. It, actually, yes, recently. And you get to see what I look like, which is probably not what you're expecting. And My hand. Yep. It's, it's just, in my right hand. It's just Evan's hand. I'm not a real person. No, no, no. You get to see my hand because oh. there's a surprise. Oh, I see. I, I took that joke in a different direction. I am I thought you were yeah, implying no. that I'm a puppet. Well, maybe. Like a hand puppet. And I was like, yeah, I, I could we're be gonna a just, puppet. We're going to just take a turn off that joke road. Yep, and down the... Oh, no, this is a worse road. <laughs> I'll go, yeah, all right, I guess let's just go down the uh, down the concentration camp road. Um, oh, God. Yeah, that's kind of so... That's what's up next. Yeah, Ch- uh, China has hidden prison camps, and there was an expose published by the BBC. I've seen rumblings about this in the news recently. Mm-hmm. Um, spooky sh- satellite images and stuff like that. Um, but the BBC has got some new coverage that really just kind of lays it all out for us. So China has been accused of locking up thousands of Muslims without trial in its western region of uh, Xinjiang. And if I'm mispronouncing that, I apologize. But uh, so China has a... A lot of the talk around China recently has been centered around the more urbanized setting on its in its eastern portion of the country. China's a really big country. Um, but there's a large and very diverse portion of the country to the west. 
Um, and in one of these regions, there is a large population of uh, Muslims, specifically Uyghur Muslims. Again, if I'm mispronouncing that, I apologize. Um, but China has apparently been rounding up people and sending them to re-education camps um, against their wills. So the government has denied these claims, saying that people willingly attend these special vocational schools, which, quote, combat terrorism and religious extremism. I'm quoting the BBC's um, coverage of their responses here. Mm -hmm. um, however, the BBC has evidence of a prison camp being built specifically within the past three years um, based on satellite images. They actually went there in an attempt to kind of document the stuff on the ground and were immediately trailed by Chinese counterintelligence services. And when they got close to the site, they were stopped and instructed to turn off their cameras and leave. Um, the BBC reports that they that their reporters were then randomly that they sorry the BBC reporters then randomly called residents of Xinjiang from the telephone directory because the government handlers were, would not allow them to speak freely with residents. Which Oof. I've got news for you: when a government doesn't allow um, journalists to speak to citizens. You've got an issue. Like, when there's a media blackout, that is very rarely indicative of things are peachy. Yes, and things everyone's are not going happy. well. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they, they spoke to residents um, via the phone directory and received reports that people were being sent to a re-education school, um, that these detention centers were being used to as kind of brainwashing facilities where Chinese teachers force Uyghur Muslims to learn Chinese and practice self-criticism. And, uh... Communists being evil? <laughs> like, what? Oh, so you mean to tell me that a country with a communist state structure and a single-party regime is using their unilateral power no and their limits. communist institutions to oppress thousands of people that they don't like? Yeah, and let's not forget that just last year... Or maybe not even last year. Last, I mean, last year, last semester, whatever. Um, it was last year. Yeah, no, it was last. Semester. Last year they uh, they voted to eliminate term limits for the president. He is now president for life. Yep. That doesn't sound like an emperor or a uh, ruler or something like that. <laughs> and, then, and then our president said maybe we should try. Yeah, that, which that I president was, said that was a very good idea. Yeah, but you know he wasn't serious when he said that. Anyway, yeah, that's I, neither I, here nor there. Not, that's just not. more the fact that he doesn't think very much before he talks. Well, anyway. Yeah, this is um, this is sketchy. I'm not sure who China thinks they're fooling by saying that, like, no, this isn't happening, and people are just voluntarily going to re-education camps. That's um, never a good... Anything like, education from a government, never, never fun. Yeah. Never yeah, a good... Like, re-education. Re they put that re in The re there. really gets you. And when it's a camp that you can't Ooh. leave... Camp. Let's put this into perspective, though. I mean, this isn't a small institution. Uh, this, the only information we have on these places comes from satellite imagery, right? Yes. And mm -hmm. in these satellite images, you can clearly see guard towers, and you can clearly see the shadows cast by barbed wire fences. You you know, it's, it's very clear that coupled with the reports coming from the Muslim minority in China that they're collecting Muslims and putting them in these camps. That's what they're doing. Now, they're not... This isn't a concentration camp. Let's get this straight. As far as we know, they're not, you know, turning them to dust. They're not killing them, right? That's this true. isn't so like would, Dachau level. Yeah. But, so it would depend on your on your standards for 
what a concentration camp well, is. I think anything, anywhere that you have to go and essentially get brainwashed, which re-education is just a euphemism for, that's a human rights violation, in my opinion. Yeah. Especially, it's, it's a concentration camp. Let me uh, re reemphasize: it's not a death camp. Yes, right. They're not good, taking this ethnic minority there just to execute them or work them into uh, death. So they're mm -hmm. not they're not doing really like a systemic um, extermination of this minority yet. I mean, all the the framework, the it's logistical like frameworks just, there. They have them all in one place. Very like that's tense. how it's that's how it has started when. Past uh, governments have done similar things, but the the yeah. facility that that was recently built in the last three years, um, what we've been able to determine from the satellite image, the the imaging um, is that if they have one person in a cell, like one person to a cell, they could fit eleven thousand people into this one camp, and there's a network of like. I believe it's 40 or 50 camps spread out across this, you know, area. Yeah, so it's a large region. Now, that's mm -hmm. only assuming in this one camp can fit 11,000. <clears> that's assuming that they're not doubling or tripling people up. Mm -hmm. That could immediately, like, quintuple and there's, the, the occupancy. And there's no way to know because of the media blackout that's going on right now, which is fairly business as usual for China, but... But like again, like these are people. These are people. They're and people that are being uh, wrongfully oppressed, and and like they're you know like you can't have headscarves. Yeah, you can't have headscarves, long beards. Muslim sounding names are banned. Yeah, that's actually. imagine being told you just had a kid, and you're like, mm, sounds sounds too Muslim. You can't put that on the birth certificate. That's yeah. banned. Religious educa education for children is also prohibited. It's just. It's it's a big old mess. Yeah. And, uh, and it's yeah. And it's rough because these are things like there are no trials. So like these aren't people accused of crimes. Like it's really yeah, we, we don't know that much because of the media blackout, but oh, it's just this does not bode well. It's eerie. No no yeah. trials, no charges, because there's really no crime except them being a, a member of a minority group that has traditionally rebelled against Chinese occupation. I think in the, mm -hmm. if you look back at mm -hmm. the history of the, um, the, the Muslim, um, you know, relations mm -hmm. with traditionally Chinese occupier forces, they've been very, uh, militant mm -hmm. in the past. And I believe that's a, an acute fear that the communist authorities in, in Beijing are concerned about because the place where these people live mm -hmm. is, can anybody guess? Full of oil. There's a bunch oh, of oil. Look at that. A ton of oil what? where they live. Huh. Well, yeah. A bunch of Chinese investment money has gone into tapping that oil. And wouldn't it just be awful if a couple um, independence-minded extremists came in and blow, blew up your oil derricks? Yeah. Wouldn't that just be so bad? Yes. So <laughs> that's exactly what the, the, the top politicians in Beijing think as well. Yeah. So, they said, hmm, how can we prevent this? Ding, I know. Prison Camp. camps. Yeah. Camp. There you go. Well, I mean, it's not like ever since I can remember, um, and I'm 20, so ever since I can remember, there has been some sort of occupation or invasion in the Middle East, uh, which is, you know, primarily 
there's a large Muslim population. It's almost all Muslim countries in the Middle East. This is closer <clears> to <throat> Baghdad than it is Beijing. Yeah. So it is, you know, close to where you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's, I mean, as far as I can remember, it's just been rebellion the whole time. There's like, no, we don't want you here. But in, uh, when did Russia go in? In the 70s, 80s? Yeah, yeah they went in the 80s. A lot of these forces that occupy these areas are very much focused on all the infrastructure and funding and stuff like that that is needed for oil extraction. But a lot of that process is very taxing on local systems. It can be very taxing on the local environment. It can be very taxing on local businesses. And unfortunately, in a lot of these areas, whenever there's been pushback from locals, it tends to get solved with violence or just overt suppression. And that's pretty much what we're seeing here. It's kind of par for the course of big countries going into, well, I shouldn't say going into other regions because this is a part of contemporary China. Yeah. Um, but big, I should say, maybe cultural forces, I don't know, asserting their will, though, on populations without really giving them an outlet for... You'd better believe that the, the, the people who inhabit this land are not going to see most of the profits from the yes. oil industry. That's going to flow back to the, the central committee. Mm -hmm. That's going to flow back to the financiers in eastern China. That's not going to go to the, the people who are actually working and living there, which I you know is understandably, you know, why are these pretty much foreign? I mean, besides the fact that they share this this national identity, ethnically, they're very di different. Mm -hmm. The Han Chinese and the uh, Uyghur Muslims. Mm -hmm. I probably butchered that too, but sorry <laughs> to all the Uyghurs who are uh, listening. But anyways, um, you know, the, the, it, it is very much seen as, as not necessarily a foreign occupying force by uh, in, in modern political science parlance, but mm -hmm. from an ethnic standpoint, these very much are oh, foreigners yeah. who are coming in and you know, forcing them to change their way of life to toe the party line of a society that they aren't a part of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would, it would be, no, no, I, I was, I was about to make a comparison and then I realized that it did not apply, but yeah, that's, it's got a lot of parallels with a lot of the um, nastier occupations we've seen from nations like, uh, well, like, Russia and like ourselves, although yeah. I don't think we've set up prison camps for uh, Abu Ghraib. Oh, yeah, yeah we I mean, I it mean... wasn't it wasn't such a it wasn't a like you're part of this ethnic background. You are going here. Yeah, but I mean, we definitely have committed some uh some wartime atrocities. There weren't many Anglo-Saxons in Gitmo. Yeah, yeah. Well, on that note, on that note, we're we're out of time for today. But um, yeah, that is something that's going on in China. So. Keep your eye on it out for, for that. It's I don't really know what we can do over here to improve that, well, but we can be aware of it, and we cannot make the same mistakes ourselves. Yes. Um, because I was really hoping we were past the whole prison camp period in the human timeline, but apparently we're not. In any case, that is all the time that we have for today. Thank you all for listening to Rational Radio on WHIP. We're Philly's number one college radio station. Keep it locked for, well. What's up next? I think I think it might be Owl Country, but it, it changes some days. Is that, is that with Nate Weaver? It very well may be. Oh, you guys are in for a treat. Hey, peace out. Have a good one, y'all.